1: Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, June 17th, 2016. I'm
2: Michael Lagello, Esquire.
0: I'm Dan Petru, no fancy title. I'm Ty Anderson.
1: I'm Steve Ott. <laughs> 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 That's Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzz, cast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings of the hockey world. And we like the fact that you Hockey Buzzards have gathered together to join with us in this whole process, because um, we are now a week away from the great, the greatest, you know, probably the greatest ten days in all of hockey—the days leading up to the draft and leading and leading up af- and leading after the uh, after July 1st. So, um, as far as you know, your Hockey Buzz person, this is this is what you're here for. Somebody wrote the other day, yeah, Hockey Buzz readers—they're just sitting there, feeding on the flesh. Of of these UFA's and tra- <laughs> that's pretty funny. Carnivores. Yeah. So I said hockey buzzards. They are they're hockey buzzards. Sure, perfect, it's perfect. That's what they do. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot to talk about today. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> let's try this for a second before we get into the fact that Malcolm was at the NBA game last night. Um, let's talk about let's talk a little bit more. We got into a little bit yesterday about this concept of acquiring the rights because there's some more stuff coming out today. Right. Um, and I have a little more info, in, in, info on the Coast rights, which are basically, if you if you look at my chart, um, I'll, I'll bring it up, The um, my Coast thing I think might be right at the top right now. And basically, I have actually, you, Mike, to your happiness here, you should probably like this, that I've given, I've, I've raised the Maple Leafs a bit and lowered the Lightning just a little bit from some discussions I had. I still have the Lightning as the favorite, the 35%. But I have the Leafs right at 30%, so it's getting pretty tight. Um and that's a 30%. I mean, that's dropping the lightning 20 and raising at least 10. Um, it does sound like to me, at least at this point, that the rights will become available next week, middle of the week. Um, the the, the, uh, the advantages of, of acquiring these rights early, of course, are many. Right. Not, not just signing, but actually giving yourself a chance to plan for the draft, which is another thing. Because how you well, draft depends on who you have. So.
2: Well, the funny thing is it makes sense for whoever would trade for Stamkos' rights to do it before, like, early next week, Monday or Tuesday, because by Saturday... Any anybody can talk to him. Apparently the, the five-day negotiating window begins the second day of the draft with everybody on the draft floor in Buffalo. They can yeah. talk to any free agent. So, I mean, it's going to be – I mean, the rumors will be running rampant at the First Niagara Center regarding Stamp Coast. But I, I think if he does – if his rights get traded – I mean, I, Russell uh, Russ talked about, about this because uh, we were talking about this earlier, and the fact that if they don't – have something concrete probably by the end of this weekend then you're gonna start hearing the stamp coast negotiating rights rumors being floated because they can't they you know they need to get something if they know he's gonna
3: walk for nothing yeah I think by Sunday night on most of these players if, if they know they can't sign them then they're gonna start trading rights off by Monday and Tuesday the latest because if you're you're a team that gets the rights you're gonna to want to 48 to seventy-two hours to negotiate. Right. You know, go back to the Dan Hamius. How long did the Islanders have to negotiate with them? Ten minutes. It wasn't I mean, Hamius. It was um.
1: Airhoff.
0: Airhoff. Airhoff. Sorry. They had they had a day. Yeah,
3: yeah a day's not yeah. enough.
1: And yeah, then I mean, they,
0: flipped and they flipped. They offered him the a ton of money too.
1: <laughs> I will say this though. I think acquiring Stamkos's rights is extremely risky. And talking to people about because, because talking to people about it, it seems as if Stamkos is not going to give. Anyone, any indication of anything? That, that's right. that's that's what I'm getting. Like that, you're not going to know. Like the lightning aren't necessarily going to know. I mean, the lightning are the only team that's probably going to have any idea what's going on. But even because Stamkos will give them some benefit, but for the most part, Stamkos is really has no, doesn't know anything to anybody. This is right. the the NHLPA wants him to take it to July 1st completely. They, that's what they wanted, to, wanted him to do. So why I mean, not? You never
3: know. It's like it's like anything else. If you could put up a convincing enough argument you may get them. And so if you're a team that believes you're close already, you're the only one that can can negotiate with them. You're going to give it a shot.
1: No, there's some, somebody's going to try, even if they, even if they get no assurances, because that's the funny thing about these rights things. Normally, like Goligoski last, yesterday came out. Um, actually Josh Rimmer, former hockey buzz person on the hockey buzz guest here, reported that, um, was, you know, very interested in going to Arizona. Um, this is, and that, you know, that's, Kind of the not the norm these days. It used to be where when a player was rights were traded, you knew that that player actually wanted to go there, and they had talked to the team and said, "Let's work this all out." Well, in I mean, this case, this is the, this case that it looks like that may have happened. But in Samco's case, I don't think that's going to be possible to happen. I don't think that Stamkos is going to give that to anybody.
2: Right, and, and that and that may lower the price or that may prevent the, the, the trade from happening at all. I mean, the thing, like I said, the thing is the only thing that makes sense in trading for his rights is doing it early enough that you get an opportunity to talk to him in Newport Sports because by Saturday, even if the rights are traded, like say if Detroit traded for his rights, Toronto can talk to him on Saturday. So right, right. You, you think
0: it price. has to be like Wednesday.
2: Right, without the price of a second round if it's a second round pick, I would rather keep the second round pick and wait till Saturday to talk to him and you know take maybe roll the dice that a team like Detroit or a team like Buffalo can't sway him to sign a deal before july first
1: yeah i mean i, I it, it it's possible but I, you know, it could be the agent might just say to any my, the, the, his rights could get traded. I said, and then the agent can say, "We're not talking to anybody before July 1st. That's very possible. It, it's well, they don't have to talk to anybody. They're not talking to Tampa. So the idea here is that you know that they're not talking to Tampa yet. They're not reaching out to Tampa. Tampa is reaching out to them, from what I've heard. So this is not,
2: not. Yeah, if they're not talking to Tampa, this is over with. You know, no, what I'm saying? No, no,
1: no, no, that's maybe, the wrong way to read it.
2: Well, okay. yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it is, but but you got to remember, Newport Sports is the agency that held the Brad Richards fiasco. They're the ones who had everybody coming to Toronto and 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 God.
3: making a pitch.
1: Stamkos so, would I, never do that.
3: I would say it. that but we we don't know.
1: No, I'm, I'm it, telling, it, I I'm telling I mean if he does that I will eat my hat because th- this is not a stamp Which
3: hat? Please tell us which hat. Uh, I'll find it. There's a hat. couple of
0: shirts you could eat. That would
1: be okay. damp <laughs> to me. Not I mean he's he's not the kind of guy who would who would hold that kind of a lottery, that kind of public lottery. That was embarrassing.
3: Well, he's in <laughs> charge of his agency, though. He is. He's the player. He's in charge. Oh, yeah. If you, met with him, if you met with him and everything fit in family life, money, taxes, and it all lined up, he could go to his agency and say, you know what? This is where I want to go. Thanks for your help. And that's
1: but what right, would happen. That's
2: but, what will remember, happen. But remember, that whole thing with Newport Sports was a charade.
1: Everybody knew he was going to the Rangers. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a charade. And, I mean, yes, we all did – We all, everyone projected, Mike, that he was going to the Rangers. But, honestly, I mean, when – there are some very smart hockey people who put in a lot of time and put presentations together even though they knew as much as we know that he's going to the Rangers because there was – the way that was sold out was that, you know, yeah, maybe he, that might be the team he wants to go to, but he's open to all all suggestions. So there was a lot of work that went into that, and there are some teams that got really screwed on that on that particular day by that because they were hung up there and they were hung up waiting for that to happen while other players were getting drafted getting getting snapped up. So I mean, it's hard to it's it's easy right now. I mean, one thing I really is driving me crazy, I'm just going to get so much this on my chest for a second. Um in the <laughs> in the advent of Twitter and rumors, okay? Because this is something that I've been following. I've been obviously a rumor person for long before Twitter and long before this. There are suddenly a lot of people who believe they are absolute experts in this. Now, I'm not saying that they aren't, but the the, the reality is that you can sit there and say they would never do this or someone wouldn't. I'm not talking about you, Mike, specifically. I'm just talking about people in general, um, you, even though you do this sometimes. Um, but everybody does this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just I'm saying everybody does this. Um, I do it too. You can, you can sit there and say they would never do that. or And, and this this shows all about us bringing, making opinions and stating what we feel and all that stuff. But the reality of it is, and Russ, I know, like you've been doing this longer than all of us. And, and when I talk to people who have been doing this for a long time, the reality is, Unless you're the person making the decision, you cannot say that you would never do it. That the people who are doing it themselves have totally different logic than we have. I mean the salary cap, sure, that's something that we all deal with, and yes, that's, that's there. But even that, if they want to make it happen, they find ways, and we've seen it happen before. So, right. it's so it's so easy now on Twitter with everybody throwing out there, oh, this person, they'll never get, and, and suddenly it becomes almost real. It becomes real to people, too. It becomes, real to, it, becomes real to, it becomes real to other GMs. I'll even throw it out there. Like I've heard other GMs give me rumors that they got off of Twitter. Right. Um, basically, Or they, or GMs have their own rumors that fly around. I mean, Brian Burke has been uh, has, has admitted this to me a couple times. He's like, well, that's just a, a rumor that I heard from other GMs. Rumors grow in all different areas. Um, the reality is you have you have to always look at the agendas involved you have to look at the players involved you have to look at the people involved you have to and, and the players are people and the, and the fact that the players are people they're not just players that they have families involved that there's all sorts of things and i can sit there and say they should never do this but if that's what he wants to do or if that's what another person in his family wants to do then it, right. that's what happens you know and it's e- so it's so easy to get caught up i think using the word never at this time of year is is amateurish to me. When I see people use the word never, to me it's amateur.
0: Things change too when real money's out there. You know, you could say that this team might not be interested or this team doesn't have right. a chance, but when real money gets out there, oh, yeah. like for example, like look at what Detroit's doing. They're they're obviously trying to maneuver themselves for to to free up significant amount of salary. And you might not you might say, you know what, Stamkos isn't going to Detroit, but when there's ten million or eleven million on the table, that changes things.
1: And yeah, and you're exactly right. And I've been this is where I've I've screwed up before because I've said. Oh, I know that person. It, it won't just be about money. It won't just be about money. And sometimes it is freaking just about money. And right. I sit there and I'm like, "What happened?" You know. And I'll talk to guys like, "Well, it was a lot of money," you know. I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, all right." Well, then it was about money the whole time. You were telling me it wasn't going to be about money. It, it, so, I mean, you're right, but Dan, because money is money, and at the end of the day, it's security. These guys only have so much time to work, and that's how I look at it. Whoa. And, um, sorry, I dropped my microphone. That's all right. <laughs> they only have so much time in this in this planet, you know, and they only have so many years, and they have only so many shifts before they break their ankles or break their knees, and they have they have to make the most money they can sometimes. So yes, that's, sometimes,
4: that's what Stamkos has to be. That's what right. Stamkos has to be like that. With, right, with right. blood clot issues, with the other issues, right. he has to be like that. You, yep. also, you also think you need to think about like if you've made it this far, why wouldn't you test the market sort of right. thing? And that's what it comes back down to.
2: And every indication is that Steve Eiserman, and maybe rightly so from the Tampa point of view, is looking for Stamkos to take a haircut so he can sign, you know, guys like Hedman and Kucherov, you know, keep the keep the band together, so to speak. But the the funny thing is, is that yesterday, in the span of you know maybe a couple hours, listening to different, uh, you know, hockey insiders like Drager, like Bob McKenzie, like Chris Johnston from Sportsnet, guys who are tied in just as much as as Eck, None of them know a thing Nobody about a thing. Tampa. Right. Nothing.
1: So and I can sit there and tell you that Tampa doesn't know a thing right now.
3: now you know, here's what it boils down to, too.
2: And
1: that's why they don't know a thing because if Tampa knew a thing, they would know something.
3: Right. This decision will take a while in the sense that this is the team that drafted him. He does have loyalty to him. And more than any other sport, I know money talks, but this is one sport when a guy gets drafted to a team – there is a little bit of loyalty that they have to them, and it does make the first time that they're a free agent, a decision tougher than any other time. Once they do it once or twice, it's a business. It's easy. The first time is very hard for them.
1: We're all I know. Um, Go ahead, Dan. I want to let you share a story because um, I yeah. know it's a good story. But we're all. There is a comfort level that exists in the world, too, and and that that definitely is very real with people. Um, and. You can sit there and say, why would a player want to stay on the, you know, I don't know, pick a team that's obscure like the Lightning or the Blue Jackets or you know, back in the day the Thrashers? Why would a player want to stay with the Thrashers or whatever? The reality is, once you've been there, once you've worked there, once you've been in the community, when you've gone to practices, you've gone to games, your family's your family's settled, your kids are loving their teachers, all this stuff happens. It does become a home to you, and even if you never would have wanted to be drafted there in the first place, like look at Connor McDavid in Edmonton. He's very happy in Edmonton now. I've talked to people who say he's thrilled to play there. We know he wasn't thrilled to play there a year ago, you know, when that when that happened, right? But well, he's thrilled. We'll he actually likes it there. He really does. We'll and see in a couple of years. About working and living in a community and playing with and wearing a sweater that makes players definitely loyal to that sweater, regardless of what it is, regardless of how lofty we all feel it is. It's, it's reality. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry.
0: Well, no, it's just you know it's funny because we say you know it, it, sometimes it's more about the money, but most of the time it is about the money. I have a friend that that worked for a team in the uh, communications department, and what they did when they were recruiting a player is they they made a video um about uh about the area that they were going to. And uh, they even had some past players interviewed in there about how great this was to live in, yeah. how uh, you know good the community was, how great the schools were and then a player signed with the team and they said to my friend you know he said to my friend uh, my oh sorry my friend said to the player, hey did you get that DVD and he's like, oh that was great that was that was really informative that was awesome and, and my friend said that's what aired the decision He's like, no, the money did <laughs> right. He's like the money no. in the years did that's why I'm here I'll but tell that, you that what those things you
1: good at what those things are good at is this. It's like everybody wants a decision they have made to be backed up, right? So once you made it, right. once you made a, once you made, made a decision to go someplace because of the money or because of whatever reason, and then then you then you're watching that video, you're like, you see, we're doing the right thing, we're doing the right, right. thing. But it's it's, right. it's it's you want to be reinforced, like people want you want to you know you want to show your you want your wife to be more comfortable with the decision. Watch this video, this is really cool. Oh yeah, you know what, this is awesome. We're doing the right thing. After you, after you've made the decision, that's right. when that people just love to be reinforced. That's that's the reality of, of decision making. Remember, Chris
3: Pronger loved Edmonton for one year. Yeah, so just remember that. Yeah. He well, did. Th- think of it. Think
2: of it this way: if Steven <laughs> Stamkos gets an offer comparable to what he might get in free agency, he's not going anywhere. He's staying in Tampa. He right. likes Tampa. He likes his team. He likes the area, right. all that stuff. All this is about him not getting what he thinks he'll get on the open market. And if he could go back, and I'll, I'll just use Toronto as the example because it's the one that I'm fixated on. If he gets an offer, the highest offer from a team that he rooted for as a kid to yeah. go back home, that's a home run. No, and that doesn't Tampa, play it.
1: You're right. I agree. And that's, again, like I said, that's reinforcing it. Like, oh, yeah, they're giving the best offer. I love that team when I was a kid. It, it reinforces everything, you know. It, after the offer <laughs> has been decided yeah. upon, it reinforces it, right? And there's no question, like, all of us grew up fans of a team. If I was a hockey player and I was suddenly somewhere else and the Flyers were giving me a great offer, you don't think I'd want to play with the Flyers? You don't think I'd want to wear that jersey and play? In that? Of course I would. You know, that's absolutely, you know, what we talked about with Luccis for years in, in Vancouver or whatever. You get certain situations where, you know, you want to see that. We think about Yandel in Boston, same way, right? These guys who really, really want, you would think, at their heart to play for a team. And I've seen that. But I can say that, honestly, it's very rare for some reason that that works out. And I, I don't know what that is, Russ. You've seen this too, like where a guy goes back and plays for his hometown team. It just for some reason can be disastrous. I don't know what it yeah, – I don't David know. Clarkson. David Clarkson. David Clarkson
3: And all sports, hey, Chris, I think Twenty percent of the
1: time. Yeah, I would say, and I I think this is why, and I talked, I, I did a story on it a long time ago, but I think this is why, it's it's the whole concept of it's easier to play on the road, you know, like it's much easier to play when you don't have hundred friends asking you for tickets, or yeah, when you don't have, you know, and I've heard this, it's like I've heard it really become something like I've heard I've heard guys who play for their hometown team who actually hired people to handle all that. They'll like they'll say this is the guy you talk call if you want to get tickets, you know, they'll push that all off on. They'll actually have a Little team that handles all the requests because they live in their hometown. They have to have that.
3: It's a good idea, um, actually.
1: Yeah, and it makes it makes sense. It's just and it's easier for them. It's like, listen, I really I, I gotta focus on what I'm doing. I appreciate it, but here's a special number. This is how, believe it or not, um, I have a friend who in the Taylor Swift organization, right? Who um who actually plays, you know, a keyboardist plays for Taylor Swift, and a uh, different, you know. And a, and a couple other people within there. And when I wanted to get Taylor Swift tickets, it was, that's kind of how it worked. Like I wanted to get Taylor Swift tickets for my daughter, and I felt like a jerk. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to ask this guy. How many people ask him for a Taylor Swift tickets, right? He's like, oh no problem. I'll have so and so call you. And they sent me a form. Who are you friends with? Who's this? What you? it was completely like automated the whole thing. And it was like, you know, it was really fascinating, you know. And I and and, and you had to pay for them. You know, it was like wasn't like free. It's like here you can you, you're going to pay face value for the tickets. That's awesome. But this is something that. Everybody in the band knew to do when someone came and asked them for tickets. So it's a, it was really interesting. So to me, I thought it was I thought it was a great way of doing it because it really it clears, it clears up a lot of issues. You know, and I, I didn't want free tickets, but I also wanted I, it was sold out and I know my daughter wanted to go and I wanted good tickets, so here you go.
4: As so, much uh, as I <laughs> would love to sit here and talk about Taylor Swift for an sorry, hour because I, right. I can do that. If you want to do that, we can do that. I'm That's totally right. yeah,
3: okay yeah. that. I'm worried that you can do that.
4: That's a problem. Oh, it's, uh, she's, she's wonderful. Uh, dude, <laughs> coming back to the Lightning here, Continue they on. have so many guys to resign, and yeah. they only have about a projected 19 million. That's if the cap stays relatively the same, you know, around around that around that point. Mm-hmm. Kucherov could get seven, six or seven easily. Right, and then you're talking about resigning Stamkos, and you have to resign uh, JT Brown, Cedric Paquette, Nemetsikov needs new contracts. So there are a few guys that are important to them in a way that that need new deals. Yep. And then it had been next summer as well. So yeah. this all of this combined absolutely shocks me that this team has not bought out Matt Carl yet. Yeah, This is a guy that was a healthy scratch for a Game 7. He was in and out of the lineup towards the end of the year. They realized he's not a top-four defenseman anymore. He makes $5.5 million. If you buy yeah. him out, you get three point seven in in space right now. $3.7 yeah. million in space. The final two years, you have to pay one point eight million in, in penalties. But this makes all the sense in the world because yeah. Steve Eisman needs to find every nickel and dime under the couch that he can right now. And and to not buy out Mac Carl because I don't think you're going to find a trade partner. They tried the regular season to, to trade this guy, and they couldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah and,
2: uh, and they have and they have young defensemen coming up like Cuckoo and I – mean, Yes,
4: and, I mean Nesterov is – I mean Nesterov can be a, a, that sixth defenseman that Carl yeah. really is right now for a lot right. cheaper. So it blows my mind they haven't done that. I, I think – they should try to trade Tokula if they can. Uh, Ryan Callahan is overpaid, but he does so much for them they're not going to trade him, I don't think. Yeah. But they have a lot of money tied up to veterans. And I wrote this earlier this week for Hockey by saying, there's a lot of money tied up to older guys, and yes. they've got to find a way to shed at least one or two of them.
1: I think it's a great point. I think Carl, I think Carl's a prime candidate for that buyout. I mean, Carl yeah. went downhill really fast. Um, I mean, he was, he, he, really, he was all about his speed, basically. His game was all about speed, and when he took the speed away, it, his game fell off quickly.
3: He's still a fairly young guy, though, and if Tampa changes their philosophy on their defense, they may just give him another chance, or they still might trade try and trade him to a cap floor team. That's probably what they're still trying to do before they do the buyout. Like it's just last ditch effort, I'm sure.
1: It feels like they have one more year to figure this out. Like that—that's—and and, you know, and unfortunate I mean, really, they really don't because of Stamkos now, obviously. But they, it feels like they do. Um, and, I, and what I've been heard, told is they—they're treating it like they do. I mean teams don't treat things like, you know, the, they don't they don't, you know, worry about the house being on fire until it's spread to a couple rooms, you know, they're they're going to be okay for a little <laughs> bit. Um, is how they'll do it, you know, and it's not always the smart way to handle it of course, but uh, there's definitely right now, you know, I mean I think Bishop, I think they're they think they've already parted ways in their head with Bishop, I think moving on, you know. I think going down the line, I think that's a, that he's not going to be there. So that's one less contract they got to deal with. Um you know, but they're going to have to at some point pay Vasilevsky. I agree with you that Hedman is the big one. Hedman is like, he's the major player in there because he's a top five or six defenseman in the league, so you're talking about I'm really
2: still not. A, I'm still not 100% sold on them on, on them getting rid of Bishop back. I, I, I Because I, uh, honest, honestly, I mean, I, I know the reason why, but honestly, you look at the market right now, the market is almost flooded with... Available goaltenders: Freddie Anderson, Mark Andre Fleury. You throw Bishop in there, and right now there are two teams out there: Calgary and Toronto. I don't think they're going to trade him, Mike. I
1: don't, yeah, I don't think. I don't, I'm sorry if I interrupt, but I don't think they're going to trade him. I think that they're just going to let him run out. I think they're going to let him run through his run, run out his contract. Yeah, so, okay.
2: So, that's, well, yeah, that, that's more realistic.
1: Okay. I mean, I just and I think because I, so I think when I talk about this being two years away from a problem, that's why I say Bishop is part of, is not a part of the problem in their head because two years from now when they've yeah. got to sign the other guys um, like right. Kucherov. Bishop's not having to be signed. That's how I see well, it.
3: They already have Guzlevski's back, you know, as the backup signing. So even if yeah. you know you go for the next year when Bishop's out or he's exposed for, well, Bishop would be UFA. So they could always sign him again if they felt like Vasilevsky isn't ready, but he's ready. But the idea is, they have Vasilevsky. They have Goodles signed already. So. Most likely, you're right. They're going to probably ride him out unless they got some kind of crazy offer for him.
1: So, Ty, what do you think? I mean, Stamkos. What do you where do you think this ends up? I mean, you covered the Lightning for us. What do you think?
4: I I really I don't think it, it ends in Tampa. I just okay. this is the, the vibe that I pick up. I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's situation where I don't think Toronto's the team. Like I I don't I don't yeah. get I don't get the overwhelming feeling that he wants to go to Toronto because they're so far away from winning. And I think he's gotten so close that. There has to be another team in the mix. I don't know who that team is, yeah.
0: um,
4: but I just I I don't think it's Toronto, and I don't think there's enough money in. Uh, I don't think there's enough money in Tampa Bay to make it work. Unless they unless they make some move that, not, uh, uh, you know it's on no one's radar yeah. up until next Friday. I don't see how they get the money to make it to make it work. Yeah. See, I I mean, I,
2: obviously I disagree. I think with Stamkos, Toronto is two years away from making the playoffs. I, I, you know, if Toronto yeah, that's doesn't get him
1: long way away from competing. Does he, want to, throw, yeah, does he but, want to
0: throw away a year or two from just making the playoffs? And not I mean, he's on, a on the team, team right leader. now that
1: competes for the Stanley Cup next year, you know.
0: I think, I think Detroit is a real possibility. I really Detroit, do.
2: To me, Detroit, where, okay, Detroit has a, a, I'd say, below-average defense right right now. Their two best defensemen are an aging Nicholas Kronvall and Danny DeKaiser. Uh, Datsuk is leaving. Their goaltending is Jimmy Howard, who's a chronic underachiever, and Peter Morazic, who's up and down. Their forwards are relatively deep, but a lot of them, guys like uh, uh, Nyquist, did not have good years. They have a great young player in Dylan Larkin, but the older guys, the guys like Zetterberg, are crumbling. So I don't There's see a good. Yeah, well, I don't. Doesn't just, it don't feel think like he's good gonna good. going to go to
1: Anaheim or something like that? Like that's what I, I feel. feel. It's like I've been I down think this road so many like, times. I it's think like we're going to say Steven signs with Anaheim. You know, like Here, it's it just feels like it's always somebody that you don't really expect. That's just somebody really bizarre out west, or it reminds me so much of you know when when. Yeah, when um, Solani and Korea signed with Colorado. Like oh, there's some things that just kind of like threw you completely. Um, or Jersey, like New Jersey. Mon- Montreal, Montreal would be crazy. for. It, would, it seems like it would, he's on my chart for Montreal because Montreal is very interested in him. But when you think about the idea, okay, he, he what, the taxes in Montreal are crazy. He's yeah. a Maple Leafs fan growing up. I mean, he yeah. definitely can't I, like Montreal. I, um, I, I think the argument that
2: uh, he will not go to Toronto because he'd be throwing away years – is, is, an, is sort of an empty argument because if they get Stamkos, I think they will be on a more accelerated track to be better earlier. They will go out and get the goaltender this
3: summer. They will and so, go out. And pro- yeah, I mean, and that's, yeah. that's what my point would be. The, if, if Stamkos is going there, he's going there knowing that BC's pretty sure of signing there that they're going to go and get a goalie and a defenseman. They're going to tell them all that. If they do that, they're better than Detroit. Like, it's not even a question in my mind. They're but better
4: but than- nobody knows about V.C. V.C. can't even say hi to other teams right now. You know what I mean? There's no way anyone can know where V.C.'s going. Yeah, yeah they,
3: they don't know for sure, Ty, but you know it's those two teams and his dad works there. And if V.C. Yeah. sees that Austin Matthews and Stamkos are there and he could sign there, other than loving Boston and being with his mom – that's a pretty hollow the pres, reason. The Preds already have a
4: tampering uh, file ready to go. Which is, which is which is which is
3: which is
2: probably why you will you could see at the draft a trade for VC's rights because August fifth, you know, teams are going to have to wait till August fifteenth, which is what three weeks before training camp opens yeah, to, yep. to to decide on VC. That's why I think at the draft you could see Nashville getting a second or a third round pick from a Boston or a Toronto. Yeah. To get the negotiating rights for a couple months, and then mark my words—about three days after they make that trade, he'll get signed because that's who he's been wanting to go to all along.
1: When I think logically in my head about this, you know, and this is not based on obviously because I have this team at five percent on my Stamkos rumor chart because based on the whole the whole concept of you know of where he should go. You know, if I just if I'm just him and his agent and looking at the teams that are interested in him, I really seriously do look at the Islanders, Dan. I really do because the Islanders are, to me are the closest of all those teams to being competitive. To being very competitive, they are actually a playoff team already. They are they they have really a really solid group of young players coming up. He can play with Tavares, you know. There's so many things there that just I just that he's that's the center, one team. I know he's a center. I get that, but you know, they're well, talking about the probably Right, you're talking about power plays. talking about. I'll all take
0: Steve things. Stamkos over uh, Franz Nielsen. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna if you lose him, you know, there's the
4: opening. There's, yeah, that. I don't. I
0: don't know. Look, I don't know if he's gonna go there, but I mean, I, I, I can. I, I mean, I've been following this with that yeah. since what December. Yeah. And there is definitely interest there. Um, I, from the Islanders' perspective, I do think there an offer will be made. Obviously, it's up to Stamkos. But right. I think you know, and it's a very un- Islander thing to do. But I do it think is. if if he makes it to July first, there's going to be an offer there. And Tavares is his friend. But, but, but how, you know.
2: but how uncomfortable would that be in in the Islander scenario where they say they say they have to pay Stamkos ten million dollars in free agency, okay. time, and you have John Tavares making five and for for a half million dollars for a year
0: for one year, yeah, one more that's year, two years.
3: It's till twenty eighteen.
0: But right? you can you can already negotiate a contract into next next
3: season, right? Yeah. I just don't think he wants to be in the New York area. I I've don't think he that knows.
1: he doesn't want to be in the New York area. I I've heard just, I've heard that as well too. That's just one source, you know, who's, who's, who I do trust, but he's and like I said, I really don't think anyone knows what's going on with Stamp Coast, so I don't even so I throw no, it out the window. Say,
3: it just doesn't seem like that's where he wants to be. Like in other words, like settling down you know, I, if he played in the New York area, he wouldn't be living anywhere near New York. No, and, he lived near and, me in Long I, Island. And yeah. I and I want to be around
2: and i want to be taking the psychedelic mushrooms that of the, of the people who are saying that Stamkos is going to go to the buffalo sabers i mean yeah. give me give me a break i mean right now that organization they're 1 year away from or they have to sign Ristalane into a long term deal now they're going to they're 2 years away from having to lock up eichel on the big long term deal you know they got i mean they don't have the resources i mean pagula does cuz he can just spout another oil well that in pennsylvania but they're not going to spend $10.5 million dollars on Stephen Stamkos. It's a pipe dream.
3: I
1: don't think it's a pipe dream. I mean, they th- no
3: in the They would have to get a goalie. No, I, think,
1: it, I think, think that it's more like that. I think Russ is right their there.
3: Defense That's... isn't set. They really, they are not That's near set on defense.
1: In Toronto either. I mean, all this you can say the same no, thing. No, but
3: about Toronto me. has some really nice defensive pieces. I'm yeah. struggling to find defensive pieces on Buffalo that are nice. Bogosian's aging. Like, Aris yeah, deep- is a good player. Rustalainen, Jake one. McCabe. I know he is the only one. Rustalainen, Jake is McCabe is a good player. He's not a great player.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to our next player here, um, because we're going to obviously talk. Um, yeah. Too much about. It. We're going to talk about Stamkos a lot in the next couple of weeks, um, yeah. for sure. Let's move on to Milan Lucic, who was another name I heard could, whose rights could be traded. I was surprised by this because, you know, I mean, Lucic. We all know he wants to stay in LA. It just doesn't look like that's going to happen at all. Um, Because of the money, you know, I mean, and it's like he doesn't want to stay there enough to do what they want him to do, to stay there, basically, is what's happening.
2: If LA is going to spend big money on a player, on a free agent, they're going to spend big money on a defenseman or make a trade for a defenseman. Because the one thing that people recognize is that in that series against San Jose, when Alec Martinez went down, they were dead. They had to play Muzzin and Dowdy. 30 minutes a game, and you know they, they have not recovered from not you know not being able to put out two pairings like, like the Blackhawks have been able to do it, uh, in recent years. Two pairings they can eat up most of the minutes. I don't know if that means they're going to go after Keith Yandel or they're going to try to trade for Shattenkirk or whatever, but they have to spend their money on the blue line. And uh, regarding Lucic. I still think, and maybe maybe I'm dreaming. I think Edmonton is going to try to get him because. Well, the that's tra- the,
1: the, yeah, that's the thing I have going for his rights. That's that's the one. That's the only one I've heard that might make a trade for his rights right now. As of now, it could change, you know. But as of now, the one rumor I've heard is Edmonton trying to trade for Lucic's rights, which I think is a smart move by the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Um, Lucic's that tie is kind of like cursed in some ways because like there's something like right. We're just coming off of a Stanley Cup final where speed matters. You know, like everything's about speed.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if, if I look yeah. at his measurables, he's a 50 to 55 point guy now. And that is, you know, he's going to get you 20, 22 goals possibly. Yeah. And he's going to beat up a few people. But is that enough for the money that he wants? His, you know, power forwards are nice to have, but he doesn't have foot speed anymore. And he's only 28, but I just think at the end of the day... He's starting to trend down, and he's not going to get the money he's asking for. I'm pretty sure of that. I need to
4: throw out. No, some I think he are, I think he already knows that he's not getting the money yeah. that that he initially thought he was going to get. I mean, and yeah. you know, the markets obviously changed a bit. I, I think in a team like Edmonton makes sense because Peter Shirelli. You know, there's that mm-hmm. connection there with Boston. Shirelli always likes trading for his old guys or signing his old guys. It's just it's yeah. o- it's always been his makeup as a GM. It's familiarity there, especially if they're looking for a guy that. They think can just be that net front presence, that 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 safety net for a guy like McDavid, make sure nobody kills him out yeah. there, and also contribute to at top six level, especially if they move on from one of these guys. If they move on from an Eberle, if they move on from a Nugent Hopkins, a, a dry saddle, any of these guys, and, and they need another forward to plug into their top six, you look at their roster right now and you go, okay, they don't have any guys from that top nine. Right. Uh, I would say that can jump up as easily as Lucic could, I think, in terms of... You know the known commodity, if you will. So, I think that it would be a good move for Edmonton. Uh, you've heard the Vancouver rumors too. I don't yeah. know if that's really a, as great a fit as people think. Yeah. No. Uh, he's kind of had a weird relationship with his hometown, you know, since the Bruins won the Cup and everything. Like he's had some incidents up there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know about the the nightclub incident where he was attacked by a person there. Yeah. Uh. So so it's 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 a weird dynamic. I don't know if he'd want to go back there. I think. The overwhelming feeling you get, though, is that a big free agent winger is going to go to Vancouver this summer. I just don't think it's going to be Lucic, personally. I think I think another hometown guy like Troy Brower would make a lot of sense for them. But but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's really – I think it's those two teams, though. It's Vancouver and it's Edmonton because L.A. has to move a lot of money to make it happen. I don't think that will work for them. They have too many other needs, too many other yeah. concerns they need to address before they address Lucic. I mean,
1: Calgary, and Detroit is also, are also interested. Those two teams. So um, Detroit will get involved. Calgary. Cal- this does seem like a Brian Burke type thing in a way. Like you can see <laughs> this, you cruel. can see this move coming if if a Calgary. But you know, this is definitely his type of move. I agree. I think you know, it's interesting. You know, what someone pointed out to me the other day, which is really funny, that Lucic definitely wants to stay. He's, he said how much wants, wants to stay in L A. How much he loves the weather there. How much you know he loves how great it is there. And then we're talking about him going to Edmonton. So yeah. You know, there's well,
2: that. How, how, how about the team? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I would rule out going to Vancouver, which they, they should name their rename their team the Titanic's because that ship is sinking. I don't. Think I so. mean, I, 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 I don't, don't buy
3: that. I'm not, I'm not all in that on. either. I, they, I like where
2: they're heading. My person, my personal opinion. I, I, I would like on this one. But right. honestly, honestly, if Lucic wants to stay in Southern California a team a little bit down the road needs some scoring wingers to add to guys like Getzloff and Kessler. I mean, it wouldn't budget, be that much of oh, a problem.
0: I think that's up the road, Mike.
1: It's yeah, down, isn't it? It's Is
0: it down?
1: down? Anaheim, oh, it's down I was
0: right, I got
3: confused. But they're a budget team. That's
1: the problem. They are a budget team. and Now, we can put a number. We, we did this last time. Last year, we had some fun on this. On, on, we'll actually put this probably next week, but actually put numbers on guys. But I want to throw Lucic out there as the first one. I don't think Lucic makes over $5 million a year. Throw that out there just now, and I think that that's cool. an, let's, think let's ask him, long, under five million dollars a year. How, no, long,
3: a, how long of a contract is he getting?
1: I'm just, I time I think of five million. years.
3: I don't think anybody's going over five.
1: Okay. Yeah, no five. way. No, I don't think anyone goes over four. I'll say that too. But I think, I think the biggest contract he gets is twenty million dollars over four years.
2: If it's a four-year deal, I think he gets more than five million. If it's a five-year deal, I think he gets less. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, say that. five and a half for four.
4: Right. Yeah, I like that too. And
0: I think it's what this deal is. I I think wherever he goes, I'm gonna like the first half of that deal more than the second half. Oh yeah. I right. think he's still I think he's still a very good player for two to three years, and then I'm not sure. Right.
1: right. I buy that. All right. So we have a coach. We have a coach to talk about today, um, and then we'll get we'll get. And then I have a little transition into another rumor. Um. Oh, I guess officially Duran has re- re- withdrew his trade request too. Just for the record. <laughs>
0: Amazing <laughs> what playing time does.
1: <laughs> I know. How about that? And, um, you know, one more thing I want to throw in. sorry, I've got some notes here that I was looking at, I want to throw this into, I heard Gar Snow interviewed today, um, and he's very rarely interviewed, like he's not, you don't hear him interviewed very often, um, but he, I know Gar Snow pretty well from, you know, before he was a GM, so I can, and he's a guy that's difficult to read, but I do sort of, I think I have a pretty good sense of him, um, and it was really interesting how little he, how much he was downplaying this draft, obviously they don't have some draft picks, you know, they don't have a second or a third, I guess, but, um. He he's such a draft guy, you know. Like he loves the draft. This he's, he's yeah. like of all of all teams we've seen, he's been so creative in trading up. Like, but one year I'll never forget. Every time they came to the Islanders, pick they traded down again, and they traded down again. Or this the year Garcino
3: he's does. the only defenseman.
1: Right. Yes. This is what Gar snow does. This year he is so much not talking about the draft. You had, but you have to know that he's really excited about some free agents. That's just the way Gar snow works. So there's something that to me he's like thinking he's, he was talking about how excited he was to move his team on. Well, but,
2: first well, but, of all, that show, the, first of all, that show you were listening to uh, it went downhill after the Garstno interview. Um, but but I, uh, it usually does that time of day.
1: I didn't hear <laughs> it.
3: No, there's all a right. reason he's saying it. I came on
2: after I knew you were
1: on and, that, but I didn't hear you. Right, yeah. Sorry about that.
3: You could go to Audio Boom and listen. It. Uh, here's the thing. It's the Sportsology Audio Boom. No, but the thing is, Rob Simpson did point out one thing. He said, you know. It's what Garth didn't say in this interview I want to ask you about. So he asked me about it, and he basically he asked about Travis Hamanick, and he got, like, silenced when it came to possibly moving up in the draft. Now, you know, Rob was like, you know, I would have thought he would have, like, said something if there was no chance of it happening, and he didn't say anything. And even though Hamanick says he's staying, again, family situations are volatile. We don't know. Life changes. Would it be complete shock if they're talking to Edmonton about that? No. No. The answer
1: would be no. No, it wouldn't well, be. I mean, I mean, I, I think that it, it, there's there's aspects of it that would be shocking uh, about it because Hamonic really does, I think, legitimately did not want. You know, it's legitimately okay now or where he is for now. But you're right, the situations are are you know fleeting. You never know. This is the situation's been on before. They there are some people who think they went out and told him say that I don't want to be traded anymore because that way you'll have at least some value if we try to trade you. Because right. um, it was so definitive last year. How does it go from being so definitive to being right. okay? In the course of a year, I get that. But with Garstno, if he'd asked me that question, what I would have said is this: Russ, I would have said that Snow is too calculating for those kind of interviews. Like he, he take him, him not responding or taking a while to talk is is just how he is. And but when you're on the radio like that, you expect boom, 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 boom answers, you know. So I don't know. No,
0: it's I think it's like something's yeah, good. Something's up. I mean, something has to be up, right? Because you can't lose Martin Aposo and then maybe Nielsen and then ha- and just replace him with Barzell and Alan Quine and Shane Prince. That can't that can't happen. Because if he's if that's what he's going with, he, has, he should update his resume because he'll lose his job. So well, something th- has. To, uh, go, uh, go ahead, Mike,
2: do you think that uh, you know prospects who might be on the outs, I'm thinking guys like Hosang, maybe Dal Cole? Do you I don't think-, think they're on
0: the outs? I just don't think they're ready yet.
2: Well, okay. I mean, do you think that they, you know, they would move one of those guys? That I mean, Hosang might be on the outs because of the all the, you know, the supposed character issues. I mean, getting sent home. No,
0: I, I just think they, they need to, they need an influx of talent in their top six so desperately that I think anyone named John Tavares and maybe Barzell are untouchable. I think everybody else is in play. I think the entire roster is in play.
3: The funny thing about Hosang is in the, uh, in the playoffs and juniors, he. There was a play towards the end of the game where apparently he was offsides by like a million feet. Like you just, his head was totally out of the game. And I heard that that didn't go over very well. And that's part of the Hosang issue. So it wouldn't shock me if he's part of a deal.
0: I think that's crap, honestly. Look, you have other sports where, where baggage on players are them killing people, running people over with cars, getting arrested. Look at Johnny Manziel. Look at those he guys. So if Hosang, so if Hosang has, if Hosang has an attitude problem, I think that's fixable. I really do. And if it's not, he, if it's not, but here it is. If it's not, he won't be in the league. That's how it works, right? Well,
3: but the thing is, he just may not get a chance on the Islanders because they've already they've already crossed it once. If they feel like they're going to cross it again, they'll trade him. I Uh, don't want
0: to go into that. There there are plenty of players on the current roster that make stupid mistakes. So I think if he makes one lapse of judgment in juniors, they're not going to trade him. I think they'll trade him if
3: someone... Those are things that get looked at harshly. And he's a
0: 19-year-old kid, and he makes a mistake. That's not a reason to dump him. I'm just throwing it
3: out there. I'm not saying that's my opinion, but I'm saying it's being talked about. Well, let's just, I think that's let's just stupid. Say, I just really—it's the
0: same reason why PK Subban's not on Team Canada. He gets un, yeah. unfairly criticized for some of the stupidest things in the world. Well,
1: I don't disagree. On that. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure.
0: But back to the Islanders. No, I just—I yeah. like I said, I—I I think if they trade a Hosang, if they trade a Dal Col, if they trade a Hamannik, it's because they can get a guy like maybe Taylor Hall or, or Van Riemsdyk. They need an influx of talent. So I think what I think it's basically all hands on deck to get back what they need.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the one, yeah. one thing about the one final thing about Hosang, it's like I mean, he had a great year with Niagara. He was 19 at the time of the World Juniors. He wasn't even a consideration for Team Canada because right. of the character issues. And now, you know, going start with what happened in training camp and then what what happened in the OHL playoffs, there are red flags. I'm just saying.
0: Michael Del Cole did didn't make Team Canada either.
2: Right, no, which is bizarre too. Yes.
0: And there's nothing wrong with his attitude.
2: Well, I mean, no. no, there isn't, and 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 if you look at his stats after he got traded from Oshawa to Kingston, he went nuts with Kingston. So I, I think he's he's a very you know he's a very good prospect and somebody that they should give a, a good opportunity to. I think
1: they will. I think they will at the end of the day. Um, Glenn okay. Gallison. I can never say his last name. Gallison. Oh. Peson sorry will be named the flames coach or has been named the flames coach by the maybe during this podcast I think or something at some point maybe um, the, the press conference was I think scheduled for 10:30 Calgary time so
2: already already done it's already, right, already,
1: already done. done so there you go um, this is a you know not a retread but a guy who was in the NHL already with Dallas um, prior to Short the uh, the great lockout of the great the great second lockout of, um, of the last 20 years and um, yeah so here's a guy who who um, is a little a little surprised with this, a little surprised with this, but I like him. I mean, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about him. He was on Desjardins' staff, which is, you know, that always tells you something because I really think Desjardins is a great coach. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are your thoughts on him, Russ?
3: I like him. I mean, look, he's he's won at the ECHL level. He's won at the AHL level. There's a good reason to give this guy another chance. Mm-hmm. At the time in Dallas, did he have a lot to work with? Eh, I mean, they were they were not where they are now. Let's put it that way. And so, I think this is perfect. I mean, this is. At least not one of those retreads where you're saying, Okay, we gotta bring in the guy who's won before, even though it's ten years later, or you know, somebody else's favorite because they just keep changing from team to team to team and you don't right. want to even see him out of work for a year. So I like it. I think it's good new blood for them. I think True Living made a good good decision here, and they have a lot of young players and he's used to working with young players. I don't
2: know what that sound was. It was a trial. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, well, the, the the interesting the interesting thing is is that uh, Gallantson was an assistant coach with Vancouver under Willie Lloyd Desjardins. Lloyd Desjardins was an assistant coach under Gallantson in Dallas. And now he now he goes to a division rival. Um, I, I mean, it does make sense. He he does work well with the young players, and you've got the Goudrons and the Monahans and the Bennets who were the core of that Flames franchise. The funny thing is, is that it, I heard Randy Carlyle say in an interview a couple days ago. He interviewed with every one of the four teams that were looking for a head coach. So. I don't know if Gallantson was sort of a fallback position because because Carlisle took the Anaheim job or if he was always the leading candidate, but he does have some redeeming value, and I think it's a pretty good hire for the Flames. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's. I- I really think they were into him the whole time. I, I get that impression, but he did interview for all the jobs, like you said, and, and that's something that's not uncommon, you know, with coaches. They have to interview for as many jobs as they can, um and they get their chances. But it it does sometimes, like you're saying, it, it, it can be read in different ways. Like you know, like they they want Carlisle. I think I think Carlisle was definitely on their list for sure, you know, talking to people that they definitely had Carlisle in mind in Calgary. Sure. Um but he wanted to go there for sure, so yeah, I think that I think that's a tough one. Let's go to our prospect of oh, the day, Russ. What do we got going on? Pierre Luc Dubois. People are uh, requesting yeah. popular demand on Twitter.
3: He was the guy, if you remember, I mentioned before the uh, top prospects game. You said, "Hey, Russ, give me a couple guys you think will be good." And I said Pierre Luc Dubois. And then the next day, everybody's like, "Holy crap, he's really good!" Yeah. And so that was one time where I looked smart.
1: One time. <laughs> you did look <laughs> smart that time.
3: That um, time. But got mm-hmm. right here. That's always a thing. So he has good hair. That's that's a big and thing. He's got great hair. Style. He's 6'3", 201. He's also a coach's son. And so that's something where that way really heavy in his favor because he is a smart kid. He's got a, a mean streak. Like he will just plaster guys in the corner. He's like a, in, in the minor, you know, juniors, he's 100 points, 100 pimps. And so those guys are rare. Yeah. The issue with him is, is he a center or is he a winger? And the more I dig into it, the more I'm pretty sure he's going to start off at wing and then we'll see if he's a center but I don't I don't think he is but everybody going into, into a draft is a center like everybody is a center yeah, that's and then true. all the, could get drafted and then all of a sudden they go to teams and they don't play center um he was 50% in in juniors a couple years back when he was a, a center that's not good enough to me I mean he's got to be around 75% in that league as big as he is and so I think that's a a little bit of a longer project but he plays solid defense he may have the best stamina of anybody on the draft. Really strong on his skates. Obviously, can score. Can score down low. Great hands.
1: So where are we looking in the top? Where would you where would you project him?
3: You know, it's it's really volatile. I mean, you know. it really is. I mean, he could go anywhere from four on. Okay. He could he could go three. Yeah. I mean that's that's really the the issue. He, I'll tell you where I put him. I did a, a mock draft for for a website and I had him sixth, Calgary,
1: mm-hmm. and.
3: And this is the reason I had him sixth, because I had Matthews first, Liney second, Pouillard third. I had Edmonton taking Yalevi. I had Vancouver taking Logan Brown because I think at the end of the day they're looking for a big center, and I think they might pick off the board a little bit to get that big center. And then after that, I think Dubois would be a great fit in Calgary if that were to play that way because then that would give him some size to play with some of the other players. Jankowski has size too, so then they could have a few lines with size and a couple small guys, size and a couple small guys. Well, Monahan's not small anyhow, but you right. get the idea.
2: And then and then the band would break out in Arizona because they'd have Kachuk uh, with the with right. the second pick. And that's mean, how I'm going, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything Russ was saying. I mean, the 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 one thing that could elevate him is if there is a team in that top five that thinks he is a center. I mean, if if Columbus yes. if Columbus thinks he can be the replacement for Ryan Johansson, they might take him. Yep. Um, but I, I seem to think like it, it, you know, not, not that I have a mock draft, but just looking over these these players, I've always slotted Dubois behind Kachuk because I, I'm I'm more sold on Kachuk's skill set and size and ability to score than Dubois. But I, that might you know that may not be the case. I mean, if a team thinks that he fits in as that big winger. Or maybe got somebody in a couple of years that can play up the middle, then they'll take him. But I don't. I, let's just say this: he will not get past number nine because wow. if Montreal Boy. has him there, they will they will they will go crazy uh, to to right. select him. And you no might pressure don't. kid. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. There you go.
1: Yep. Oh man. Uh, so this is um, he's he's fast though, right? He's got speed. Still.
3: Yeah, he has good speed. He runs very very good speed. Yes.
1: You always think of that. That's whenever I hear big. Yeah, no, I mean, that's
3: actually he's faster than Kachuk. Like that's the one knock on Kachuk.
1: So. Really? Okay. Yeah. There you go. I really enjoyed talking to Kachuk at the uh, finals. I had a long discussion with him. Yeah, he's uh, a worldly kid. He's a really good kid. He's a really interesting kid. You know, I t- he just he's very smart. He really just has it all together. You can tell he's, he, you know, his. I mean, Keith Kachuk was also really the same kind of guy. He was really solid too. Well, except that
3: one time in a hotel room. But other than that, he he's
1: fine. <laughs>
3: Heck, I, the thing
2: is I, that I noticed the most from the combine was the sons of NHL players. Did the the whole thing was no big deal. They were they had a level of confidence. Yeah. They've
1: been in locker rooms their entire life. It comes it, from being around this situation. I'm telling yeah. you, it really does. I mean, you can't help it. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Like, you know, my kids could grow up to be great bloggers and 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 someday, you know, um, <laughs> and just let's like hope just, for,
0: let's hope for, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, a great
1: blogger. Because it's like podcasters and bloggers. That's what my wife would love them to become. Yeah, um,
3: yeah sound like his mother. That wasn't very nice.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, but they could I mean honestly the reality is when you're around the situation, like my kids are around crazy amounts of technology because I get all this technology sent yeah. to me and different things like that. So they it, you know, they really have no problem. Like I'm trying out this um the guy's this guy said, Oh my gosh. If you ever get a chance to play around with like i you've heard me talk about um Microsoft HoloLens a lot, but now I'm trying out the HTC Vive. The um, which is the which is the um, virtual reality glasses, which are with these hand things you use. Yeah. Mind frigging blown! This is where the world is going. You know, with Father's Day
3: coming up, I'll give one hint. Besides, anybody should really buy one of my books at, at Amazon.com. Yeah. I just got this for a hundred and like seventy bucks with some points, but it's hundred and seventy-nine dollars.
1: Okay. At,
3: at like Best Buy, and it's a Dell Windows wow. Chromebook kind of book. And you get a you get a year full of Windows. It's excellent. Like this thing is very light, tremendous. Mike and I were just tuning it up for the show. It works well for that. I mean, it's literally a laptop, but it, I mean, it works exactly like a laptop. And now, even though it has a tablet mode, but it's literally like one hundred and seventy nine dollars.
2: That's
1: well, really awesome.
2: You know, it's tough. And you know, it's tough to please me. And I, I've I've really loved the Chromebook. It's been absolutely no problem at all. Yeah, great
1: it's, too. Chromebooks are crazy cheap and they're crazy good. Yep. Um, and they really – especially for what we do. I mean, obviously, when you do Google Hangouts, Chromebooks are the way to go. Sometimes I've sent Chromebooks to various people who have been a part of the show over the years, so it's really as awful. But this HTC Vive thing, man, have you ever got to yet. play around with it? Yeah. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> have you ever got a chance to play around with one of these HTC Vives? Oh, my gosh. this is it, it, I'm playing this game. like it's, it's basically like racquetball the other day. So, you know, remember the feeling when you first got like a Wii? I mean, yeah. And that concept of like, "Oh, this is really cool, I swing like this, and it swings on the screen, and that 's really you know, that feeling now take that to another level where you now you put on these glasses you 're inside like the Tron dome, your basement suddenly looks like it 's five hundred feet wide and seven hundred feet long you have you can see with your, when you move your hands in front of you, you can see these two like glowing rackets that you can move that move around like when you move your hands, and a ball rises from the floor, you hit it against the wall, you sit there and wait for it to be returned to you. And uh, it's just insane. I mean, it it, it literally like, and you take it off. I'm like, oh, my basement looks so horrible after that. Like, you know, (laughs) I just like, you take it off. My basement it's so depressing. But after being in that incredible space age place, it's the first
2: time. The first time I played the Wii, I accidentally threw the
1: controller. My daughter did that with the Even though, even though it says, you know, do you know, please attach your wrist so you don't throw the the controller across the floor. Yeah, even though they have all those warnings. Well, remember, the warnings came later. That was probably after Mike yeah, threw them out. Right. Good job, Mike. Get the first, that
3: first big technology jump that I liked in video games was the, uh, the Panasonic oh. Yeah, this they one.
1: Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. That
3: was tremendous. They, that was the first game that, like, if you watched FIFA Soccer back then, yeah, that was I the first time that. it really looked, like, amazingly real. Or, yeah. or actually Ultraman for those really geeky people, and I'll just leave it there.
0: Ultraman. I loved Ultraman. Sega Dreamcast was also really underrated too. It didn't quite yeah, work, but I'm some sure. of the some of the games they were they really tried to go out in a limb and they really pushed yeah. the graphics. And remember Soul yeah. Calibur from that was when an amazing. You watch, game.
1: When you put this on your head and you and you enter into these realms, like I'm playing a shoot, I was playing a shooting game where like you know a space game where you're in a cockpit. I mean, you literally tell it how it maps out your room, how big it is, and then it makes the environment as big as that, so you can walk around and pick up things. And, um, and you look because you have these two things in your hands, which have these really weird controllers, they're very really odd looking, they're not like what you would expect. <laughs> you just it's insane. I mean, you can see, you know, this, this, is where, this is where the whole thing of gaming is going. You know that, the, that this has all kinds of benefits in other adult type industries, that you can see where this <laughs> is all heading. I mean, this is it's crazy because you literally leave your space and you go to else.
3: And I, I feel, like Before feel like you to talk out, about, went about the last rumor. I got a question for Ty. So, Ty. What's with, up? With that extra <laughs> Boston Bruins pick, do you mm-hmm. get the feeling they might trade off that second pick because they are lacking a little in talent and maybe that's a way of getting it back?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean I think that's sort of the plan, because there's no one there's no one there that I that I see and I immediately go, Oh yeah, they're gonna take this guy. Like with the fourteenth pick, I, I see a lot of those defensemen like that that may fall in that next tier. I see those guys. I don't I do not see the, the end of that first round being an absolute must-have for them. The problem is that I don't know if that's a must-have for any other teams either. But well, I do think they're going to try to
3: straight into the first round. I think they don't have a pick.
4: Yeah, and I think they're going to try to do what they can to upgrade their defense, but it's really difficult because you're not going to get, like, a Shattenkirk for the 29th. You know what I mean? You're not going to get, like, a, a an all-star. You're not going to get a top-four changing guy there, I don't right. think. It, you know. No, so right. you have to package other things. That's when you talk yes. about a Ryan Spooner. Uh, maybe to Adam McQuaid. You know, you, you talk about these guys on your NHL roster, maybe even some of your other picks in your system, guys that you, you maybe don't think are going to make it or there's not enough room in the, in the in the inn, if you will, for these guys. So so maybe they, they make a trade. But I, I've always looked at that pick as a trade ship for them. I think that's how they've looked at it as well. They didn't think it was going to be as low as 29, but here they are and they make do what they can. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is traded. I just don't know what it's going to bring them. I don't know if it brings them... You know the the ultimate package. I, I mean, for me, I've always said, and I was talking about this earlier today. I think that pick, along with some NHL pieces, should be a part of a pitch to get, you know, Semi Votnin or ha- uh, Hampus right. Lindholm, one of these guys, because you, you right. need that guy in your top four. Jonas Brodin's another one. I think Brodeen though, you have to give up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, that's what I think that pick should be used as if you're the Boston Bruins.
2: How about reuniting the Hayes brothers in Boston?
4: <laughs> I don't think they want to do that. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm
1: just kidding. I know. I know. I do have an aside. I the other thing I was going to throw out there was that um the I've heard a little bit about talk about Brian Campbell possibly heading back to Chicago. I'm still following up on it, but um that's uh it would be a really cheap deal. Um, but it does uh, does seem to have some legs to it. See,
2: that I mean, there there you go. That would make sense in the in the sense that that would be the number four to Seabrook, Keith and Yarmolson. And yeah. if he takes a contract for say a couple million dollars a year yep. with them being budget strapped, that that is really a great addition. I mean, the them.
1: chance for him to win a Stanley Cup. He's yeah. at the end of his career. He's uh, he's still his wife is from Chicago. Um, he you know from what I understand he lived in Chicago. Um, so yeah, obviously because he played in Chicago for a couple years before I remember he signed a big contract with the Blackhawks. Um, before right. going to Florida, all with Dale Talon. Um, so yeah, so there you have it. That, that's, that's what I've heard too. I'm just I'm going to look into it more as the day goes on. We're going to have more stuff for you guys. Of course, on Monday, we, we will know a lot more. Will any rights be traded over the weekend? I wouldn't be shocked if we had a couple trades over the weekend I, at all. I mean, I think that we're picking up speed here. Uh, so definitely stay tuned to Hockey Buzz as best you can, and we'll pop in with anything that, that comes up and anything I hear. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. And remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you soon.